Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Biff Bites podcast. This is your loyal host, Adam Scherer. Today, joined by my colleague, my friend, the original guru of CFP, Mr. Michael Long. How are you, Mike? I am doing well. Thank you. And thanks for having me on today. It's good to have a little time with you and kick around an important subject a bit. Uh, but yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Well, what's what's on our mind today? What are we talking about? You know, I, I wanted us to talk about something. We're both retirement instructors, long time. And so you, you, you pick up on stuff that like, why is that confusing people? Or why are they not connecting with that point in practice? or for the CFP exam. So I, I thought we'd toss that around and it really is about Roth IRAs, uh, particularly distributions from Roth IRAs and what we're looking for there and how to keep things tax-free and to take apart the distributions and understand the levels of distribution and, uh, and the corresponding tax uh, or lack of. Uh, so I just, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to put this out there and, and, and throw this back and forth with you. And same, this is a, it's almost the, the unicorn of financial planning, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's close. Um, the unicorn, I would argue, and you can learn about this in our Mike Loves HSAs podcast <laughs> with Biff Bites, is the HSA because you get the triple tax benefit, right? Yeah. Um, you got pre-tax in, you get above the line deductions, you get tax deferred growth, and uh, you got tax free on the way out for qualified expenses. But with the Roth, you can still benefit greatly from long-term tax deferral and then tax free distributions. I, I mean, at, if, if you do it right, and that's what we want to hone in on today, we just want to make sure that, yes, that's the general idea, but there are a couple little caution symbols that we need to be aware of to make sure that the distributions that you have planned for your clients in your practice are going to be executed the right way. And there won't be a surprise tax bill at the end of it. So where do we start? What, what are, when you think of a Roth, right? It's not just distribution from the account. There are different varieties of, or buckets, right? That we have within the Roth account, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to compartmentalize it like that. I mean, what we're after, obviously, with the Roth, because you can get tax deferred or minimally taxed accumulation in numerous financial vehicles. But the, the great thing with the Roth is, yes, you get that tax uh, deferred, hopefully tax-free growth, but on the back end, it's coming out tax-free. So what we're always after is a qualified distribution. And to have that, there are two pieces. The first, and there is no way to have a qualified distribution without satisfying this first piece. And that is there has to be a five-year holding period on the establishment of the, of the Roth IRA. Five years, no way to have a qualified distribution without it. And with that, there also has to be an association to the distribution uh, for four things. Uh, it could be because of the death of the owner. It could be because of the disability of the owner. It could be uh, a small amount for a first-time home purchase. Uh, I think the lifetime max is still $10,000. And then the fourth thing can be 
uh, attainment of age 59 and a half. And this is one of those sticking points in that we're kind of programmed to think because the words IRA are there, uh, is that you have to be 59 and a half to get a tax redistribution. Not true, not true. If the five-year holding period is satisfied, uh, then any one of those four items I just mentioned, when those exist, any one of them, there can be a tax redistribution of everything in the Roth, uh, even the earnings. That's great. So how, before we get to distributions, right, we get to contributions. And what allows us to know that a Roth is a go? Well, a, a lot of what drives the contributions uh, that I've experienced um, is they want this element of saving, um, you know, IRA wise, in addition to whatever else they're doing, but they can't deduct their traditional IRA contributions. So why do it? Because you're going to have ordinary income taxes on the back end of that. Instead, let's go the Roth way. And then that same client is typically thrilled about the idea of taking it all out tax-free uh, later. Uh, so that's what I've seen drive really, um, you know, the establishment of the, of, of the Roth IRAs. I agree. And, and I, I'll often say that one of the, the huge benefits when we look down the road to retirement is it's that we have the right asset location to be nimble in retirement with where we're drawing income. So you, you, we could ideally have some investment in a tax deferred vehicle, a traditional IRA, a 401k, a 403b, or, and then we could have a brokerage account or an investment account, right? Where that's gonna be taxable. So there are cap gains if you take the money out, it's funded with after-tax dollars. But that third, piece of this is the Roth, right? And that's where you could potentially have tax-free income. And I think there's so much at play there that if you have a nice balanced asset location strategy, that it, it leaves the doors open in retirement rather than having to just take RMDs from your tax-deferred accounts. That's a good point. And I also like these as a bridge. Um, in the retirement strategy to the timing of when to take um, a, a pension or distributions from 401k uh, or even when to claim social security. Cause if, if it's claimed before full retirement age, there's pretty serious hit permanently on the benefits. So the Roth could play a nice tax-free bridge to where you could still have the income. Uh, but build a bigger benefit, particularly for social security, uh, you know, to let that go until FRA or beyond and use this. Um, others want to take that as soon as they can, but some, you know, would like to not take a hit and this could be the bridge to do that. Those great points, Mike. Yeah. So let's assume that the Roth is, is funded, right? We said we have, we kind of have three layers of, of potential buckets there, right? So we have our contributions, right? Just like after tax dollars that we've invested. But there's another tier, isn't there, that we have to be on the lookout for? And what would that be? Two more tiers. Two more, that's right. Two, two more tiers. And I, I've always taught this like with a, a stoplight in mind. Yeah. Uh, the first layer, uh, lowest layer is green, green for let's go, uh, as in take it. 
uh, the Which second layer, because the regular contributions will always be tax-free because it's just a return of their principal. Oh, uh, okay. It doesn't yep. matter whether it's a qualified distribution or not. Those are always coming out tax-free. And that's that. I'm glad you brought that up because that that's another confusing point to this. Uh, in practice and for the CFP exam is, oh, no, 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 no way. We're, we're going to have tax. No, if, if the distribution isn't bigger than the regular contribution total, tax-free. Then the next level is the yellow light. And that is, well, maybe proceed, but with caution. And that second layer are conversions that have been made uh, along the way. And uh, so the conversions are considered to come out second after the distribution has been big enough to cover the regular contribution amount. Then we move on to conversion uh, amounts. And then the third level, which is red, meaning stop, wait, think about this. Is it a good time to take out the third level, which is account earnings? And if we don't have a qualified distribution, then those could be taxed and possibly penalized. Oh, wow. Uh, another 10%. Uh, so that's why I always put a red light on that one. Say, wait, stop, 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 stop. Think about it. Look, look always <laughs> and, and then decide what to do. Uh, so that's three, three levels stacked on top of each other as the progression for the distributions here. Got it. So it's green contributions, yellow conversions, conversions. red earnings. Yeah. And there's a nuance in the middle one, the, um, the caution conversion piece is uh, each conversion has its own five-year clock running uh, for purposes of qualified distribution um, requirements. They will be distributed though on a, on a FIFO basis. So the oldest conversions will be considered distributed first. But there again, that's why caution, you know, how many layers do I have here as far as conversions or can any of them come out uh, tax-free? Uh, but even if the conversion piece comes out tax-free, if the five-year period has not been yet uh, made yet, that distribution could still be subject to 10% penalty. So doubly cautious uh, there. But that that one's a little a little more nuanced uh, in, in the middle. The earnings is pretty easy to understand, and the regular contributions, but then the Roth conversions. I get a lot of questions about that. Sure, sure. Um, related, just what what comes to my mind is I have seen and read, uh, and I have some some thoughts of my own, but I want to get your thoughts on this. With Roth distributions for education, what what do you think in there? Well, my instinct would always be leave it for your retirement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if are there any other sources that that this could come from? And some some clients would be like, no, th this 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 is the best thing. Great, but at least you thought about it, right? Yeah. But my instinct is always in the in the IRA arena, um, leave it for retirement. Sure. So, what do you think? You have young children, so this is going to be more real to you than, than for me. Mine are growing. And, and, and also, um, the fact that you, you do have some other paths in the education space that you don't necessarily have in retirement. Um, it would look a lot different 
for instance, if you're trying to take a personal loan out in retirement and the, the interest rate that you could possibly have on that, whereas you have some federal loans, yes, that is debt. Yes, there, there's this looming student loan issue with college prices going up and people carrying a lot of student loan debt, but it's available and there's some flexibility with those. So I, I'd say, look to the other sources. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think you keep that, try to preserve that as much as you can towards retirement and look for some of those other sources of funding. Yeah. And I, I probably uh, would never lead with it like, oh, I'll do a Roth for education. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's too many other good choices, uh, you know, notably the 529, but, uh, but yeah, I would just don't disrupt it unless it's just an absolute have to. Yeah. I, I really appreciate your point, Mike, about the Roth as a bridge, um, especially toward that social security piece, right? I've, I've always had that rule of thumb tucked away in the back of my mind about, you know, this, this general progression of distributions from different types of accounts in retirement going from taxable first to tax deferred, and you save the tax free for the tail end. But I actually like that strategy to especially with people living longer, right? You're going to need lifetime income, you don't want to run longevity risk. Um, You can you can ratchet up to that that age 70, higher primary insurance amount, you know, and, um, and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and this is part of the changing environment with retirement planning. Um, uh, just a generation ago, everybody took it at 62 mm-hmm. because they're like, Oh no, if I die, I don't get it. You know? And I think maybe the turn of the century and, and certainly maybe when social security first came on the scene, life expectancy wasn't much beyond 65. And now, as you say, it's just getting out there. I mean, a lot of our clients, a lot of people listening right now will live to 90 or 100 or beyond. It's a lot of years in retirement. We're going to need the money. Uh, so if I, could, if I could find a bridge to wait to continue to compound my social security benefit, maybe to 70, that's the, the longest you can wait to and get a bigger benefit. Um, but yet maybe still not wait to 70 or retire. What could I do to bridge that or to 66 or 67, whatever the full retirement age is, this could be a source to bridge it, but also bridge it with tax-free, uh, with tax-free money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. And, um, I like it. I like the, just knowing the, how, how the Roth, it's not just tax-free. We, we have to go down a tier. We have to look a little closer at it to see what the, the real tax issues could potentially be. Because um, there's, there's some, some sites out there that, that will you know, greatly oversimplify this stuff. There's some information that floats around out there. And it is tax-free, but you got to read the fine print in, in this case with the Roths. And this is just a, one of the, the many rules around them, right? There's, there's quite a bit of little factoids. I know that we coach our CFP students on uh, just about all, all of the stuff with Roth, you know, the, when, when does the timer start, for instance, right? You make a contribution. When does that timer start? That's a little unique fold, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, it is. Good point. Um, And the answer is January 1st of the year for which 
the contribution was made. So with IRAs, of course, uh, you can wait until the next year, uh, you know, into April to make the contribution, but you can designate that contribution for the previous year. So with the Roth, uh, that, that timeline would go all the way back to January 1st yeah. of the, so you essentially get a year, you're, you're coming in with a year already done on the five-year uh, time clock. That's a big piece. Yeah. That is a nuance that maybe isn't overly apparent. And, and on the conversion front, with each conversion, is there a separate timer of five there years? There is, yeah. Each conversion has its own five-year clock running. So that's probably another instance where documentation is, is key, right? You got to make sure you're keeping a lookout for the clocks. Yeah, and I think it ought to be part of a review process on where Great. we're at, where are we at with the Roths? And, um, and, and know which ones have, are about to go five years and how many more we have. And uh, that's why I, I put it yellow on the traffic light is like, yeah, okay, maybe, but let's be really careful here yeah. and make sure we're considering everything. I say to you all the time in, in, in our talks, you know, the whole deal is the deal. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I and, like that one. And understanding the nuances helps you understand the whole deal. Yeah. And these, uh, we, as we were prepping this episode, I know you and I had talked a little bit about, well, let's look at conversions. There, there's been quite a bit in the financial news throughout the tail end of this year about, you know, the mega backdoor Roth conversions and this and that. And we opted not to just in interest of, of legislation <laughs> that's, that might be being voted on. I mean, who knows as we, as we're wrapping up this episode. And it's being debated now. Yeah. Uh, I just was like, you know what, this could, this could be changing and maybe not impacting a lot of Roth users, let's say if they put really high income thing, but I don't know what's going to come out if anything. So I thought I was focused on the basics yeah. uh, uh, of the Roth and stay tuned. If there are radical changes, of course, we'll be talking uh, about it, but we don't know. And a lot of it, frankly, Adam is a bunch of BS is just a bunch of congressional BS to say this and that is completely paid for because if we squash uh, backdoor conversions, that's going to generate, you know, X number of hundreds of millions of dollars over the next 50 years or whatever yeah. they put on there. See, it all balances out BS, <laughs> BS, you know, and even something that that passes and, and it, but it's not going to kick in for 10 years, BS, Yep. because administrations will change and all that could come right back off the table. So don't make that the centerpiece of, of your financial plan for, for retirement. So yeah. uh, I, I'm glad we're not getting into all that in this episode anyway. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and I know that that's another greatly oversimplified uh, strategy that when we have some clarity on the legislation would be really interesting to look into because I think sometimes it's it's oversimplified and it's actually it's actually a little more complicated and there there are a lot of moving parts that you need to consider you know it's it's not just let's look at the goal the goal of getting tax free income in retirement it's like does it make sense for that client and just just as we do each and every year as we work through our classes and update materials the 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 current rules and laws that's 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 it that's all we know and um, 
And also just, we use the same principle with, with students, right? The, all that matters is the question that's in front of you. And the, st the second you start coming up with hypotheticals and you get a little outside that, that's when things get a little risky. I feel like that's the same in financial planning practice too. Absolutely. You know, in, in, the, in the exam world, we call it RTFQ. Read the, I think the F is for uh, full. I don't know. Read the yeah. full yeah. question. Uh, deep in studies, I, the F may change. <laughs> we were ultra uh, frustrated with it. But, you know, what are they asking? What's being tested? Because that identifies the element. But that carries over into private practice, too. What's the need? What's the objective of the client? That's the RTFQ. Yes. And like, okay, well, let's look at our resources and match them up best. That's all that exam is about too, is reading the full question, understand the element that's being tested and then apply your knowledge to it. Same process. So to tie things up, let's just walk through those, those three layers again, really, really quick. I'm going to repeat these just so, so our listeners hear it again. Go for it. So when we're distributing your Roth, okay. Or your client's Roth, it's, there's going to be three tiers and we're going to go from the bottom up. So Mike identifies the contributions, after-tax contributions to a Roth IRA as green, which means go. And on top of that, we have yellow. Proceed, but use some caution. Yellow is for conversions because they have that five-year timer. And then finally, above that, we have red, which is for earnings. So we need to use a whole lot of caution there. We need to make sure that we're not going to put that income or that distribution at risk of getting taxed mm -hmm. or potentially penalized. So did I get that right, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, with that, why don't we just wrap things up? It's Friday afternoon over here. Um, we're getting close to the end of another great week in, in the Biff hallways and uh, look forward to bringing some great topics for discussion to you that are going to help you uh, just improve your knowledge and to better serve your clients. And for those of you that are preparing for your CFP exam, uh, to get the right stuff in your mind. And uh, Mike, as always, we appreciate your insights and your knowledge and uh, your ability to make these, these complicated subjects pretty straightforward and simple. So thank you. Well, I'm simple. So that's the only way I understand it. <laughs> So I'm glad it works for, for folks, but yeah, I think thanks that's the only way. Me on. That's the only way this stuff is, this stuff can be like teasing apart a, a big, big knot. And um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of jargon that's out there. I think it's just, it's so, it's so great to just hear this stuff clearly described and, and easily understood. So thank you, my friend. And take care. Be well, take care all. We'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.